The Lord is good. All right, let's quickly take our declaration of understanding, as we always do. Uh, then we'll take our seats. It's our school of prayer today. We want to continue learning how to pray. And last time we started talking about um, how to receive by faith, but we spent most of the time talking about the spirit of genuine prayer. All right, so we're going to continue teaching along that line. But before we start, let's take our declaration of understanding, as we always do. Are you ready for that? Yes, sir. One, two, let's go. And revelation in the knowledge of him, and I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. amen. I said amen. amen. Say it like you believe it. Amen. amen. The Lord is good. Let's take our seats. Praise the Lord. Alright, to continue our teaching, let's quickly take two portions of the scriptures as our text for today. Uh, one we were reading last time, we'll read it again. And that's from the book of Mark chapter 11. The book of Mark, chapter 11, we'll read from around verse 20. Uh, the background to this was that Jesus went to a tree. You see that um, in verse 14, having been disappointed for not um, meeting any fruit on the tree, he said to it, may no one ever eat from you again. And then if you get to verse 20, as they were passing by in the morning, the day that his disciples saw the tree withered from the roots up. And being reminded, Peter said, Rabbi, look, the tree, the fig tree which you cursed, has withered. And Jesus answered, saying to them, Have faith in God. Now please tell your neighbor, Have faith in God. Tell the other neighbor, Have faith in God. Tell the person, without, tell one person, one of the two of them, without faith. It is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to receive from God. Say without faith, the answer may be turned back. Say with faith, all things are possible. So Jesus said in that verse 22, have faith in God. The Amplified says, have faith in God constantly. 23, truly I say to you, Whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted him. Therefore I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe you have received them, and they will be granted you. Now, I'll just read that in um, the original King James Bible. It says in that verse 24, Therefore I say unto you, What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive, and you shall have them. That is, he says, Believe you receive them, and you shall have them. Now this is a literal translation. That is, Jesus was saying, of course he was speaking in a different language, and in bringing it down to English, we said last time, the translators try to make sense out of it in English, 
and they said, believe you have received. And then for that reason, a lot of people get confused and they wonder, all right, that what, what do we do? We should say that we have already received and then we will have. Now, it does, doesn't sound very congruent, but it now becomes or it became our maxim of faith that we have to believe we have received before we can have something. And for us, for many of us, it became very difficult. All right, it became very difficult. And that's how we began to talk last time about how to receive by faith. And I want to explain that. And now, if you're not around last night, try and listen to what I taught on it last time, so I won't spend too much time. I said, look, if you look at it properly, I believe what Jesus was saying, because that word is present tense, okay? It was difficult to translate into the way we speak in English. So, of course, there are two sides to it we'll see in a moment. What he was saying essentially is, I'm trying to explain it, that believe that God has granted, do you understand? That's one. But you are receiving it. I hope you're getting my point. That is a process. The moment you pray, God hears. If he's going to grant, he grants. But from the time he grants to the time you see it physically with you, there's a process of not only time, but a process of events. I said last time that the most important thing that prayer does for you is not to receive things for you, but to do what? To change you. So that change process may take a while. That change process in which you are being built to be able to receive what God wants to do in your life may take a while. Okay? But all that while, you must believe that what you are receiving. You must believe because when God grants, it doesn't fall into your hand immediately many times. You have to believe that the process, however, is on. You don't change your mind that the fact that I have not seen it means that it has not been granted. If you go and see, in fact, the way Old Testament, that Hebrew writes, okay, is there's a past tense way they speak. So God always said, I have made you. I hope you're getting my point. This land I have given. Do you care what I'm trying to say? So he will give you the land and says, begin to possess. What does that tell you? You have not yet possessed, but he has given. Do you get what I'm trying to say? You have not yet what? Possessed, but he has given. So what is Jesus saying here? Believe that you are receiving it. Believe that even though it's not in your hand right now, God is working. A young man met me, all right, this the journey I went for the convention, and he spoke with me extensively. I won't give you the story, but it was a very touching issue. And he said that God, he had prayed to God for healing and prayed and prayed, and God did not heal. So he wants to know why. So, of course, I wasn't quick to respond. I told him we would talk late the next day. So I went to pray. Of course, we went. Then, But during the night, I woke up to pray about his matter. Prayed for him, and I asked the Lord to give me a word for him. And only one thing came to my heart. And by the time I was done with talking to him, all he was doing was saying, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I'm sorry. And we're talking, he would just put his hand on his head and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm so, so sorry. Because I just took time out and said that, look, God's just saying to you, you're not grateful and you don't value life. He was shocked to hear it. And I proved it to him by the Spirit of God. I proved it to him by the Spirit of God from Scripture. And he was so full. And by the end of the day, he shared the testimony concerning the whole thing. That is, I said, okay, I, we didn't have, I didn't go into this part of the talk, but I can just share that with you. I said, who told you God he didn't hear you? No, I think I told him. Who told you he didn't hear you? Who told he has not granted? You want to judge what he has granted by what you have been able to receive. There's a difference between what he grants and what you are able to receive. 
So that's why I tell people that, look, don't cause confusion in your life. But I say, I have, that's physically. Now, look, if you're able to see assuredly what is in the spirit, but then, no, listen, Abraham would never have told anybody. And he said, what's your name? And I said, my name is what? Abraham. What does that mean? A father of many nations, what? I have made you. But he won't go and tell his people, neighbors, don't leave the bucket outside, my son will bring it in. He would never have said that. He never have told anybody, you know, I have four sons now. He would never have said that. That's how many of us, that's what many of us try to do. And we say his faith. Abraham, the father of faith, never did anything like that. What he could just say to you confidently, a father of many nations, the Lord has made me. Now I believe that what he said, how did he say, how did God say to him again? I'm looking for that word. Yeah, that walk with me. How did God command him again? Walk before me. He just escaped me for a moment. So I'm walking before him and I'm being perfected. I am being perfected. And then his blessing will manifest. He could t- say that to you. But you never have come to him and say, hmm, if you come to my house now, there are five boys there and five girls because I'm a father of many nations and none of them have countries everywhere. He wouldn't say that. Sometimes when we speak, we speak our faith in such a manner as to create confusion both amongst the believing and the unbelieving. It's not supposed to be like that. You can say confidently without undermining your faith. Somebody says to you now, how are you feeling? What's the question? What's the question? How are you feeling? You want to know the truth? If you have a fever and you have pins all over your body and you say, I feel fine, it's a lie. It's not faith. What is it? A lie. If somebody asks me, how are you feeling? I'm not feeling. I say, oh boy, I'm not feeling good at all. I'll tell you flat. But I also tell you at the same time, don't worry about it. The life of God is working. I will also tell you with the same tone of conviction. I need to rest a while. I've prayed about it. I believe that God has released his healing power and it's working in me. You can disagree with me. It's your problem. <laughs> because many times when doctor jabs the injection, you do feel well immediately. In fact, there are injections that make you feel worse. You know, our current head of state, our outgoing president, a few years ago, after I took office, you know, he was sick and he traveled to the UK for some weeks for treatment. You know, when he came back, he gave a testimony. He said he had never been that sick all his life. Now, this is a man who was sick, who was taken for treatment. Yet, as a result of the treatment, he confessed, oh boy, I saw hellfire. I didn't say hellfire like that. But he confessed that I've never been that sick in my life. The doctors almost killed him so as to heal him. And he confessed openly. What I'm going to say is that, so I'm not feeling good right now. And I tell you as much. It's not unbelief. It's unbelief when my hope is not derived out of faith. What is hope? Expectation. I'm not feeling good right now, but the Lord will raise me up. What is that? Hope derived from faith. The righteous man may fall six, seven times, but the Lord will do what? Raise him up. My enemies don't rejoice over me because I'm sick. Because I shall 
the well. <laughs> I hope you're getting my point. That's what we are saying. It is not, I'm lying down there, I'm shivering. Hey, are you sick? I'm not sick. I'm not sick. I'm not sick. I'm not sick. But the of Jesus has been healed. Look, take it from me. I've learned, I've learned these things. I first learned that principle over 30 years ago. And after many years, I can tell you, it's not necessary. How are you feeling? Ah, are you sick? Bros, I feel bad. That's why I'm shivering. I mean, you can see it. But I've prayed about it. And I trust that God has heard me. And his healing power is working in me. I hope you're getting my point. If the next day you come and I'm standing up, you catch me outside washing my car or jogging, I can tell you confidently. I told you yesterday. Do you follow my point? And then it will make, uh, let me put it this When I say make sense now, I don't mean it makes natural sense because natural sense is that you didn't go to hospital, you may die. But, uh, but there's a logic, there's a progressive you know, walking that the mind can connect with. I hope you get what I'm going to say. And that's what Jesus was saying. If you ask, listen to this, know that the Father heard you. Know that the Father has granted, but you may not have received it physically, but don't worry, you are receiving it. Don't worry, it is working. Don't worry, the process has been started. Don't worry, God is working on the matter. Don't worry, there are different methods by which he will bring his will which he has granted because of your prayer, there are different methods by which we will bring it to pass in your life. Even though there appears physically to be some delay, I will not despair. Because I know God is faithful. Like we said last time, he's very faithful. He's very, very faithful. And remember, don't ever depart from faith. Don't ever turn off the switch of faith. And that's why I'm teaching this. Because sometimes, because of lack of understanding, we don't have any choice but to, I mean, understand it. You don't understand it. So you just assume that because I'm not yet on the land, it means God has not given me. So if my name is Israel, and I've come out of Egypt, and I'm in the wilderness, I can turn to my neighbors that please, I wish to return to Egypt because I'm not yet in the promised land. That Moses said, that God granted me as a result of a covenant he made with our fathers, or with my fathers, Abraham and Isaac. But if I have understanding, I will say, God has granted me the land that he, you know, that he promised to my father. But now there is a process. The process involves walking through the wilderness. The process involves washing Egypt out of me. The process involves trials and tribulations. The process involves testings. The process involves eating manna so that I will be fortified with all that I need to face the giants. Because the land that God gave to me, based on the promise that he gave to my fathers, there are giants there in right now. Now, the day I'm going to see the giant, I'm going to get scared if I just jump immediately into the promised land. So I need to eat manna. I need to be fortified with manna. Manna changes my Cornea, that's the front of my eyes. Manna changes the lens in my eyes. Manna changes the retina at the back of the eyes. Manna changes the center in my brain that interprets images. So that next time I see a giant, I will find them funny. I won't find them fearful. Do you get my point? So it takes a while. 
Because if I don't have the strength, the inner strength to face giants, I will never occupy that land that the father granted me. So, but the one that you then say, do you have the land right now? I don't. But the father granted it to you. Yes, he did. So why are you not in it? Because the process is working. I will get there. So sometimes, what should have taken a few weeks, but because of unbelief in my heart, it stretched for days. It doesn't mean it didn't grant me the land. Anybody that gives up, now listen to this, anybody that gives up on the promise of God will never see it. And the person's life will become proof that God never promised. There's something you see in the scriptures. It's called enduring to the end. I want to say it again. I've said it many times. Once you grab hold of Jesus, just say, if you like, bless me. If you like, don't. But die with you is a choice I have made. I preached at my convention the first night. As I was preparing, what would I preach? A song dropped in my heart. I made everybody sing it. The first line of that song, even though I started from the second stanza, I have decided, sing it with me, to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. Sing it again. No turning back. That's where I was going. That's no turning back. That's how you follow the Lord. Though. See, once you leave Egypt, eh? destroy the GPS tracker that can take you back. It's risky, we know, but that's what faith is. Faith is like, is, is it to die in the wilderness? Say Jesus will be there. Eh? <laughs> Jesus, can you bury people? Jesus said, no problem. People think that faith means that uh, I can never be buried. Mm-mm. That's a harder faith. I'm telling you, don't need, no need for that kind of faith. The best faith is that they say, the way you are going, you may just die. Tell them, hey, hey, wait, let's get it. I am ready to die. I used to do faith like this, and it wasn't wrong, but understanding has changed. Just watch, I will not die. I don't say that anymore. Not because I'm planning to die, but because I stress myself trying to prove to you I won't die. Then the way you are going, that you may just die. I said, you that is not following me, won't you die? That's what I'm going to tell you. It's what we die for that's the issue. If you die pursuing money, you're dead pursuing money. If I die pursuing Jesus, I'm dead pursuing Jesus. When they're going to tell the stories later, you, they will call you a fool. And they will say, it's never a fool that loses that which he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. So you died pursuing money, that even if you had gotten, you and the money would have died together. But me, I died pursuing Jesus, whom when I get, I have eternally. And that's how I do faith now. My own faith right now is a dying faith. You get my point? That's here we will die to get that. That's what I say. Now, let me tell you something. That does now, it, it, it surprises you. That doesn't mean you will physically die. But don't be afraid of that dying. See, number one, okay, let me not start cla- uh, keep classifying things that I'm not sure that's the order. <laughs> no. But one of the most important weapons that the devil uses against us is fear. Fear of death. Fear of failure. Fear of things might spoil. So you have to conquer that first. Say, Jesus, I'm following. Let me die. And that's what it means. Once you have said, let me die with him. How many people know Thomas? Thomas in the Bible. Yes. Brother Thomas. Please, can I beg you? Don't call him doubting Thomas anymore. He was not doubting. I, don't, I think we did, did him a great disservice over the centuries. That was not right. 
It wasn't right. He doubted once, but that was, if you read the whole Bible, that was not the most important thing about Thomas. The most important story about Thomas, go and check it, was that everybody said, that let's not go there. Jesus said, I'm going. You know what he said to them? Let us go and do what? Die with him. He said, this man that we are following, he's not normal. You all know. He's now heading for where they will kill him. Now let me tell you how it was. Imagine that Jesus sat down in Enugu. They go to Polo Park, they do crusades there all the time. When they finish crusade, they cross over to one restaurant nearby. There's no Chinese restaurant on the street. There's another one down here. They eat. It's a normal thing. Everybody will come, touch the Lord, touch the Lord. The Lord now says, now, we are going to Sambisa to go and find, find Boko Haram and ISIS. All those of you who are with me, we are entering bus. We are going to where? You look at it like, eh? Okay, let's be clearing the crusade ground until you come. Who wants to go and die? Thomas now looked and said, of course, everybody said they are not going. So Peter looked at James. James looked at John. They looked at Andrew, Philip, Matthew, all of them. They come to uh, Thomas. Thomas was packing his bag. Thomas, what are you doing? He said, the man wants to go and die. Let's just go and do what? Die with him. So he kissed everybody bye-bye. Where are you going? My God likes to die. I want to tell every Christian, you must have that Thomas faith. The faith that says, let me go and die with him. Now, once I come out of Egypt, see, I believe in prosperity, amen? amen. You heard me quote Isaiah 66, verse 12, so many times. Behold, that it thus says the Lord, I will cause prosperity to flow towards you like a river, and the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. I believe that. I believe that God will make all grace abound towards you, that you will have all sufficiency in all things, and abound to every good work. I believe that. I believe all right, that he, though he was rich, he became poor, that you and I through his poverty may be made rich. I believe what John said, beloved, I wish above all things that you will prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. I believe it. I believe the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. I believe it. I believe he came to give us life and life more abundantly. I believe all of those things. But none of that is my faith anchored on. I refuse to anchor my faith in all of these things. I have, I, my faith is anchored on only one thing. On Christ Jesus. You know what I'm saying so? There have been people that all these are true. Now, let me say something to us again. The promises of sonship and the demands of slavehood and servanthood are two different things. Is that what I said? I don't think, maybe I'm not so clear. The Bible is full of promises for the children of God, which they have because they are children. But then, there are two kinds of children of God. Let's use the word sons now. There are two kinds of sons. There are sons that serve. Two portions of the scriptures that teach, that teach about that well. Malachi and also um, Paul writing to Timothy. Concerning Timothy, was, he wrote, he said, he has served with me in the course of this gospel as a son serving his father. Is that we spare them like a man spares his own son who serves him. So you find that in the scriptures, all right? There are servants, there are sons, but there are sons that serve. I hope you're getting my point. And so you see, Paul will write, Peter will write, James will write, Jude will write, and they never called themselves sons of God. Even though they knew the doctrine of sonship. Even though Paul Romans chapter 8 all and around there, he taught us about the fact that we are being adopted as sons. 
Yet, when they want to address himself, Paul, a born slave of Jesus Christ, and anyone that does not elevate the slavehood or born slavehood or born servanthood, different words use the same thing anyway, but different versions using different words. Anyone that does not elevate it above sonship with his rights will become prodigal. What are prodigal, prodigal sons? They will never plant a church where there are no rich people. They will not go to a mission field that is not fertile materially. They are prodigal. They don't know it. Now, the ability, now, that's what I'm going to say. The ability to give things up is, a, is one thing your faith must be geared towards. So even though you believe in prosperity, you can say like Paul, if it will hinder my ability to praise the gospel, keep it. Doesn't mean it's not my right. Paul knew about marriage. He knew how to work, you know, the principles of living with a wife, with a husband, raising children and all of that. But he said, the kind of ministry I'm running cannot be run with a wife. It's not every time that the wife is a blessing. Sometimes it's a hindrance. He said clearly, you have to mind the things of this world if you have a wife. He didn't say it was evil. He just said that it will not fit my kind of ministry. And if you read the story of Pyelton, Pyelton will say that he loved children and loved to have many. But being a white man coming to Nigeria in the 30s, when he came, he said, it was clear to me that I would have to be returning home because I did not believe in splitting up families so that my children could go to school. For that reason, he said, he had to go with having only one daughter that he came with that he couldn't afford to have more children. It would disrupt his ministry. That's what he said, that it would disrupt his ministry. The man so believed in that ministry that he left instructions that burial ceremony for him is a disruption of the work he came to do. And the day he dies, they should bury him quickly and everybody get back to work. And after he died, they only waited for his daughter to arrive before they buried him. And they said, Papa said, everybody, get back to work. So sometimes... We take the sonship thing, all right, and keep it aside. So Paul will say, even though these things were my rights, I chose to forgo of them. Paul will tell you things like, if I'm ministering the word, those who hear the word must be responsible for all my needs. He says, the other of scripture, that the Bible says, thou shalt not muzzle the ox that is stretching out the wheat. He said, but I needed to have something to boast concerning. He said, if I preach the word, if I do ministry, if I obey the call of God for my life, he says nothing. That is not, it can't be rewarded. It's why? I have not done anything extra. He said, the one I have done, necessity is laid upon me, and woe be me if I don't preach. So if I preach, I become neutral. I've managed to do the necessary things, and I've removed the woe out of my life. So I said to myself, how will I go further? He said, I will preach it at no cost to anybody. So he took the privileges of sonship, kept them aside, and took the burdens of being a servant. That's how you follow Jesus Christ. I hope nobody listens to me who still believes this nonsense. That if I give, I must collect. If God comes to you and says, for all this you have given, what should I give you back? Tell him, nothing. Why did you say nothing? I don't want to remove the privilege of having served. Let me take pleasure in the fact that I served. Lord, please, don't take it away from me. Many of us don't understand that. We'll go and be testified. 
that I gave 1,000 there. By next day, the Lord gave me 100,000. Hallelujah. It works. It's the principle of seed and harvest. You just removed all the spiritual bragging, they could have bragged on you in heaven. Just threw it away. If you give a thousand naira and God give you a hundred thousand naira, you should ask him, Lord, what do we do with this? Now, this is a reward for the one we did yesterday. <laughs> As I'm chopping this soya, I see that the seed. <laughs> Nonsense. How we have left those things behind? Do Christians do, do, still do things like that? I hope not, though. If you are doing like that, you're backsliding, though. Some people are so stubborn. Eh? Talk like that from Nazi tomorrow. He Pastor, I know it works. Let me just pray for you. This prayer is very dangerous. Don't say amen easily. May the Lord take you to a higher level. Amen. I know those of you here will say amen. <laughs> but those who don't fully understand, that amen has wounded you. Let me go higher level. Let me not start talking about higher level. Let's leave it there. Now, I dig into all of that. So, when we want to follow the Lord, that's what I'm going to say. Let's follow him with a, with a fatalist heart. You know, like, you get what I'm saying? That Jesus, as I'm following you, so if you enter a grave, I will jump inside. Jesus, you know, if you want to walk on water, I will walk on water. Even like, let me drown the process. I will just hold your legs. That's all. If not cross, I will go and drink morphine so that I won't feel pain. But I'm going with you. Now, the idea is that I just don't want anything to make me turn back. Not like I like drugs. Just like, I'm just trying to emphasize the fact that. Jesus, please, I don't want anything to make me turn back. That's an aside. Let's get back to the meeting we're saying about prayer. That's an aside, okay? But don't ever forget these things I've said. Because the modern Christianity will preach sometimes, in which everything we do is supposed to bring, we get something for us materially, is the reason why the church is not being what it's supposed to be on the earth. When we magnify sonship more than slaveship, more than bond servanthood, we are ineffective. Anyway, so, back to what I was trying to say. So, I was saying that between the time that we will understand that God has granted and the time we physically receive it, there can be a period of time. But during that period, we never, ever lose faith. That's what I was trying to say when I now went into that. The fact that when you go with God, hold on to him totally. And if he takes you out of Egypt and he says, I'm taking you to a promised land, don't let the wilderness drive you back. If somebody comes and says, you are sitting in the wilderness, that they come to tell you that. Say, yes, I know. But I know where I'm going. It's a promised land. Have you seen it before? No, faithful is he that promised. I've not seen the land before, but I know the person who promised is what? Faithful. So I'm working with him until we enter into that promised land. Sometimes he says, that promised land, you know what? The Amorites are there. The Hittites are there. The Jebusites are there. The Hevites are there. The Perizzites are there. All these people are there. And I cannot remove them now. Why? Because the iniquity of the Amorite is not yet full. So you will wait patiently. While they fill up their cup of iniquity, then I will pour forth my wrath upon them and dispossess you of the land and bring you in. In that process, build yourself up to be able to take the land when the time will come. That's how it works. Like I said last time, you know, I made a joke, use a big English. I talked about linkage disequilibrium. Remember that? <laughs> it's a big word if you understand genetics. 
What it means is that many things are tied together. They are not evenly distributed like you think. You may ask God for something, and he says there are other things tied to it. You ask him for a promised land. He says, I need to dispossess some people, and the time is not yet right. So even though you have faith, your name is Joshua, you could have entered the promised land day one. But I ordained you to bring your people into the land, and they are not ready. So wait for them. So wait for them. Wait for them. Suffer with them. I hope you're getting my point. Moses had faith, right? You will wait with Moses. Caleb had faith, right? You and Caleb will wait with Moses. Wait with Moses and serve Moses. And all of you serve the people. I know you have the faith. This world is not your home, don't worry. Enjoy the desert. Enjoy the wilderness. Endure leading rebellious people. Because the promise I have for you cannot be fulfilled without them. That's one part of life that sometimes you don't understand. But that's just the way it is. So even though Joshua never disobeyed God, he didn't get him one day ahead of the rest of the, the people. If all the disobedient generation had to die, so Joshua waited patiently for everybody to die and for their children to grow up, then he led their children into the promised land. Are you seeing what I'm saying here? So things have processes many times. There often is a process that God takes us through for that prayer to be answered. I'm just using all these um, things to explain process. And that's why we said last time that the peace of God is the first thing that God grants. You need to have peace. If your heart is disturbed, you know, Jesus used to say it. It's very important. He said, how did he say it again? Let not your heart be troubled. Yes. A troubled heart cannot receive from God. A troubled troubled heart will lose patience with God. So it's so important that we receive peace from God. And what did Peter say? What did Paul say? Paul said, what you do is that when you have troubles on your heart, what do you do? Take them, give them to the Lord. We read that from Philippians chapter 4. James said the same thing. Peter said the same thing. Cast all your burdens upon the Lord, for he cares for you. And Paul said, what you are gaining primarily from that prayer is peace. We think what we are gaining primarily from prayer is the thing. No. The first thing you gain as a result of praying is peace. It's the first thing you gain. Suddenly what used to bother you doesn't bother you anymore. Sometimes people have come to me previous times. They have been praying the Lord for this, praying the Lord for that. So after a while, I tell the person, you know what? Stop praying about it. It's enough. Let's do the Buddha. It have do. It's enough. You need to get into the level of peace where, you know, once I told me something once, I'm always dreaming that this and this. I dream that somebody snatched something from me. Digression. How to interpret dreams. Steve, make sure you remember where I was. I was talking about peace being the primary thing that we grab first as a result of prayer. Do you understand that? So that the process of God can continue without us losing heart and thereby losing faith and then aborting the process of God. Remember that. I have helped to summarize it too. But I wanted to ask you something that one sister told me and I said, let me digress into what? Interpretation 
of dreams. First, you cannot live your life by dreams. I keep on begging people, don't live your life by spiritual manifestations. Don't live your life by visions. Don't live your life by revelations. Don't live your life primarily based on things like that and dreams. The primary way you live your life is by the precepts of the word of God. That's a foundational thing. Do you know why I say that? All these other things can easily be manipulated. I can give you five reasons why people dream. And that's not all the reasons there are. I just said five. So let me try and make up five for you quickly. I'll start from the useless ones to the good ones. Number one reason people dream is idleness. Too much sleep. You go and watch uh, King of Boys. Then you dream that you're a gangster. That's all. <laughs> There's nothing else. It, it's not a revelation. You're not a gangster in your previous life. It's a movie. The series. You know those series, they are long. It's a more visible dream. Digression is digression. Stop going around life looking for science. That's the one is very useless one. That's worse than dreams. Some people are just looking for science. Three red buses just pass in front of me. There must be something God is saying about red. There's nothing. <laughs> because, I, you know, people are so superstitious. As I was going, I heard, crrr, crrr, crrr. Ah, wait, this is the third time I've heard that in a row. Anyway, I'll get to that. Stop looking around, stop, stop going around looking for small, small signs. Number one, anyway, that's a small digression, a digression. Number one is people dream, eh? Is idleness. Too many movies. They are pursuing your dream. Why? The last four, look, I, I don't watch horror movies. I, I, I think since 1991, I saw a horror movie last that I can remember. 1991. Now, in case you don't know what they call 1991, this is the year 2023. I remember very well because I just graduated from school. Why waiting for our final results to be announced and all of that? My friend and I said to go and visit one of our senior brothers. And those days, video players were not so common, but he had a VC, VC you know, player in his house, video cassette player. So he gave us a movie to show us some things. He was trying to teach us some things, actually. He said, we should see this movie. It turned out to be a horror movie. Not those kind of horror movies you see. There was nothing, worms were not coming out of people. You know, nobody was turning to Dracula. You didn't have zombies walking around. But there was just this guy who was, who had what they called, I wanted the name of it because the, name, the power he had is the name of the movie. He had this kind of power that so if you killed him, he would resurrect another person and was a devil. And, it was, and if you check it, horror movies, people are unkillable. The Satan is on clip. I've never seen him. It's only one episode of Hammer House of Horror that I saw as a little boy in which the Satan died. And I think I didn't look at it. Well, if I look back and I go and watch, I'll see where the Satan woke up as they were saying, to God be the glory, you know? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> 1991, so I'm telling you. How many years ago is that? 32 years ago. That was the last time I watched a movie, a horror movie. Why did I stop? By that time, I was already preaching for information. I was preaching on campus. I was a retired campus fellowship president. I was already teaching faith. I was already writing Bible studies. Yet, to step out of the room we were staying in, to go to the toilet, to go and ease myself during the night, I became afraid. I didn't know when last I feared anything. I come out, 
And those guys in the field will actually come to escort me. In my mind, I became terrified. Terror gripped my heart. Why? I watched the movie. I began to confess faith. Like, why do you have to confess all this faith? Just stop watching the movies. So since then, if you start a movie, I check its horror, I switch it off. I'm not afraid, though. I just don't want to be afraid. Are you getting my point? Yes, I don't want you to fill my heart out of the abundance of the heart. You know, the, the heart oppressed by what you fill it with. I said, no, please, oh. I stopped. Many of the dreams we've been having, that's where they come from. Without me even planning, I, I, I like movies, all right, but I really I don't watch many of them. I don't even have, if you come, if you, if you come there are TVs all over my house, they hardly show anything. My children use it with them to play games most times. But that tends to watch um, school book. I'm not saying movies are bad, but you have to select. If you want to watch horror movie, the best horror movie I can recommend for you is The Passion of the Christ. The Dreaming of Jesus. And it's death for you. <laughs> if you want to watch movie where they, they do bad things, just go and watch Passion of the Christ. And cry with those women. Hey, 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 hey. Don't cry for me. Cry for you, know, <laughs> for your children and all of that. Go and watch that. I'm going to be watching movies that glorify the devil. So number one reason people dream hmm, is what? Idleness. They fill their hearts with nonsense. For that reason, most dreams you dream have no meaning. Did you hear what I said? And that reason people dream is their fears. Which is the reason why I remember that story. The sister who told me about the dreams she was having. That's a very strong one. When people are pursuing your dreams, just wake up. Don't, don't go and be rebuking any devil. Just go and check who am I owing. One day, one brother called me. I called him. He said, Banky, you, you didn't let me have peace today. I said, me? That I, in, in, in his dream, I was pursuing him up and down. That he turned this way, I appeared there. He went this way, I appeared there. He said, ha, that he had no peace this night. Why? He was owing me some things. It wasn't really money. I was supposed to do some jobs for me. I paid, as we supposed to do it. Okay, as I paid on the on first week of January. This is like the sixth week of March. Does March have six weeks? Anyway, we're already towards the end of March. I never see my work. So when I called him, he was already dreaming of me. Before I called, he said, Banky, you didn't let me sleep this night. How can you sleep? Weekend soon. How can you sleep? So if you are, if they're always pursuing your dreams, eh? Please ask whose money you collected. This really happened to one of our brothers. He's a, he's a pastor. He told me a story. One lady came to him that uh, she was, you know, I don't know, dream or realize. She was being oppressed every night. So she came to pastor help me. So pastor went to pray. There were two evil spirits that used to show up in her dream. Trying to choke her today, tomorrow trying to remove her cloth, tomorrow trying to knock her head with hammer, different things. But they really were harassing her. Two, two spirits. So she won't be able to sleep. So finally she ran, Pastor, help. Pastor's okay. We'll talk tomorrow. Pastor went and prayed. As Pastor was praying, she said, is I hearing? She has our money. She has our money. She heard two people shout, she has our money. Or she has my money. Ah. So he stopped praying. What was that? So she called him. He says, come. Whose money do you have? You know, some women are just wicked souls. 
you don't want to marry a man. He's spending money on you. You don't know. You know you don't want to marry him, and you are eating the money. Thunder fire you there. <laughs> what kind of thing is that? You know, when I met my wife that time, I thought I visited her the third time. I told her, "Hey, sis, come. How now? Fine. God bless you." I said, "Do you know how far Lagos is from Benin?" <laughs> she said, "Yes." And I come from Lagos to come and see you. You are you are aware that I must be looking for something. She said yes. I said good. I just want to be sure that we understand each other. <laughs> ah. Let me tell you say he's a nice guy. I'm not a nice guy. <laughs> I'm a I'm a guy with ulterior motives. <laughs> Do you know how poor I was that time? I'll buy you chain, you wear them. <laughs> Rubbish. I'm not saying you must marry because of chain where I buy, but at least start praying. <laughs> and if your spirit is doing like this, next thing, next thing I bring, don't collect. I say, no, don't worry, it doesn't matter. It matters. You, I mean, do I look like I told the lot to you? I mean, it matters. <laughs> so this lady. Um, I really don't have accommodation. Now, where I'm staying, guy bring money. She collect. Go rent better house. I'm supposed to pay school fees, and I'm supposed to go and do my. She collect. Other than that, she now pray that the Lord revealed to her that she's not the right man. Now the guy says, "If I don't marry you physically, <laughs> I marry you spiritually." <laughs> And this girl did it to two guys, almost side by side, or one after the other. Big money we're talking about here. Why won't you dream? I don't think you are smart. God is judged. God can see your heart. Let me leave the story there. I don't want to go further. But that's one another people dream dreams. How many did I, how many did I tell you? I'll tell you. Five, all right? That's the second. What's the first one? I do next. Second one, when you're owing people, they will pursue your dreams. Your evil works. You manifest in the dream. Okay? Third reason why people dream dreams. Sometimes Satan just wants to scare you. I hope you're getting my point. Yes. Now, I'm not saying there are five reasons. I want to give you five. There may be ten. So when I get to number five, I will stop. So don't say, Pastor Ban's classification of causes of dreams. There are five. No. I just bring you five so that I won't spend too much time. All right? One, two, well, number one, what now? Three. Sometimes Satan just wants to reveal things to scare you. You just, you just dream that somebody died. Why? You are afraid. Say, so let's go, what's going to happen? If that you're not praying, hey, Satan said, good, let me distract this girl, this boy from serious prayer. Anybody that wants to die, I bind, I bind, I bind, I bind, I bind. Every night. That's the last six weeks now you've been binding every night. And the last night you finish, you will dream that dream again. You know, actually, you are right. Somebody died down the street. You don't know who it is. People are always dying. So that just wants to scare you. That's another reason. I hope you're getting my point. Another reason people dream dreams. Let me, okay, let me get to this. This is number four. Occasionally, not often. 
God actually gives instructions in dreams to the prepared heart. Okay? Then let me add this one to it so that I just complete five quickly on two on good side. James, I give three bad ones. Then you put two good ones. Sometimes God brings dreams really to reveal, not an instruction now concerning what to do, but just to give you an idea what of what will take place in the future. I'm thinking of Daniel, in which God, Daniel was praying about something. So God wanted to comfort Daniel that what you are asking for will not go the way you are requesting it should go, but to go this other way. So Daniel prayed. But God revealed to him, it won't go that way. So have those books, those, those revelations of Daniel in the scriptures. That's just five, okay? Now, so bear it in mind. So it's not every dream. To decide which one is which, I will not even try. The only way you will stop dreaming, I do dreams. I'll stop doing, I do things. Do you understand? Okay. The only way Satan will not worry you with dreams, you fill your heart with the word of God. And I'm back to where I went to all of that. You know, you're supposed to bribe me or something. Before you tell me that, yeah. So, one sister, I, I was talking about, tell me the things I said. Okay, good. So, I was trying to say that peace is very important because we have to endure and hold on to faith even if there is a delay in what we prayed concerning. Do you understand? Because if, we, if we are, our hearts are disturbed, then we will lose faith, and then the angel that brought a message to Daniel will have to turn back. Because my wife asked me once, what if Daniel stopped praying? I had to meditate on that answer for her. And I said to her, listen, if Daniel has stopped praying, it would have been for Daniel a sign of giving up. And if he gave up, the angel will have had to turn back. I would never have arrived. Okay? So Daniel had to persist. And that was a sign. What that is, that he was still waiting. That was a sign that he was still waiting, and the angel had to keep trying. All right. So that's where I was. So I was saying that don't let them disturb your peace. So that's why I went to dream. So one, one sister used to tell me she called me. She I went to preach somewhere. So she came to see me, and told me how she was dreaming. Revelation will come. Prophet in church will prophesy that she was holding something. They snatched it from her. And he was carrying something, and he fell and broke. So she had been praying and sowing and tying the hands of God because they revealed to her, essentially, the interpretation of that is that she's, she's going to lose her job. And she had a good job. When she came to me, you know how I prayed? Father, in the name of Jesus, whatever you do is forever. Nobody can take it. Oh, I will begin to bind and hold it. You know I don't do such nonsense pray. I don't do such nonsense pray. When she told me, I said, next time that Satan shows up, tell him, take the job. That was my own prayer. I said, tell him, take the job. I said, when they say, pray, that you will not lose your job, no, I won't lose it. And they say, so a seed, so you won't lose your job. Go and eat suya and lose the job. So they say, I'm not giving today. Is it because of that job? I'm not giving today. I'll give tomorrow. By the way, is there anybody that wants money? I don't want to sow a seed. Any missionary going somewhere that we don't know, come and take. They're looking like, what? I say, you know what? What? Satan has taken a good hold of you with fear of death. You have to turn him. You know what they call turning him? 
Sit down. Like my son, my son came that time. Where is he? That guy in the middle there. He said, Daddy, I'm going to have to be my eggy. <laughs> Go to sit down and say, Maggie. Easy job. Take, take. Throw it at him. Take. See if you can walk in my office, come and walk there. And if you can't walk there, get out from here. I say, is this you? I don't want to lose it. It's why you are having all those funny dreams. That's it. It's called the fear of death. It's called the fear of death. And except you are killed, the fear of death, there are many things God will not be able to bring to pass in your life. You know the fear of death? Of course, physical dying is one of them. One day somebody in my office saw me. Maybe saw a poster, something on Facebook. Ah, sir. I saw your face. Oh. Eh, what happened? Then you're going to, is it Abba? Oh, wait, one of those places. He said, what is it? He said, you are traveling. And I'm wondering, why won't I travel? Ah, the roads are dangerous. Oh. I'm not going anywhere, anywhere at night. We are going to enter the car during the day. Drive to Abba or where, or it was Portak, one of those places. I will go and pray. So is a flash he stumbled onto on Facebook and came to the office and said, you are traveling. How could you be traveling? How can you be traveling? How is it possible you'll be living in Enugu? So I said, why won't I travel? He said, no, they are kidnapping people. Ah, it's called the fear of death. So what will I not tell God? He gave me life. I can't go anywhere because of fear. You know, there's a way I console myself. You know, I would say, as you with the lowly. When they were kidnapping terribly, Kaduna, all that axis, I found out that my brethren there were still traveling. So if they can travel, why won't I travel? The same things that my brain are going through all over the nation. I said, let's go. I, that's what they call the fear of death. Physical death. I don't want to die now. I said, ah. No, it's not like I want to die. It's just that how will I go and tell the Lord? We didn't go to preach because we don't want to die. No, how will you say it? Lord, you said we should go to a way to preach. But you found out that they are kidnapping on the road to where. So God will say, ah. Uh, what's the name of that Emo Transport Company? Uh-huh. Emo Transport Company, ITC. Were they traveling? Say, Lord, I found out they were traveling. Those who are not afraid, they traveled. <laughs> so you, you didn't travel? No. Why? My life is more valuable than their own. So they, where were they going? They were going to school. So they love education more than I love you. Brethren, that kind of thing, I know if you talk So I get up, I go my way. So I told the lady in my office, by the way, I have gone, I have come back. This is what you're telling me that, why am I traveling? I've already gone and I've already come back. No, really, let me tell you, you know, David Person said, the cure for fear is what? The greater fear. I kind of fear God more than I fear some things. One day, a friend of mine came to my house. So it was supposed, it came from uh, United States. So he wanted to do some things. And I said after that, he will come to Enugu. Stay with me for like two days. You know, just hang around. You know, we'll go out, see people, see old you know, acquaintances and friends. And then he'll take a flight back to the U.S. So one day he called me. He said, I beg, advise me. I said, on what? He said his wife had the dream, had the revelation. 
which demanded that he should start coming back home now. So she abandoned the trip. Now, the trip from where he was going, it was coming from Port Harcourt. The trip was going to be by road. And, of course, I love that guy for one reason, for a number of reasons. But one reason is that he takes, he listens to advice. He said, hey, Banky, what do you think about, um, I'm coming, I'm coming by road. I said, bros, shall you, you won't just announce everybody, hey, guys, I'm just coming from America. Are you going to do that? No. Just dress like the rest of us dress. You are, you are from, we are from like the rest of us. Are you going to avoid? You have the accent. Enter moto, be like normal people. Don't worry, you'll be safe. He said, thank you. And that's what he does. He comes home, just looks like you and I, and then if you open his mouth, you just know that it's coming from a waiter. So it's not a problem. <laughs> so I said, don't worry. Come. So he came. So he now told me that, look, look at the issue. My wife said I should be coming back home. Now, 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 now. I said, I have booked your flight from here to Lagos. To so and so and so time. He said, what do I advise? Now, it's the advice I gave him that I want to tell you. First, both of us agree that the revelation his wife had was nonsense. He agreed with me. Both of us said, now fear the warrior. Now, when you read too much newspaper reports, you wonder what's going on in Nigeria. And your husband is now inside the place. You'll be having revelation. When you sleep, you just say, well, you should go. Meanwhile, the gunshot is from America, not even from Nigeria. <laughs> the Lord is good. Now, what I told him that I want to just repeat for you. I said, my brother, we can't live our lives dictated by fear. I said, fear cannot dictate how we live our lives. I said, Banky, what you said is true. In fact, I think I said that to him on the phone. Before he said, look, I'm coming. Enter the road and came from Portugal to Enugu. Hung around with us for a few days. He said, the only thing that he would just do, all right, is that he would do something for his wife. The flight I booked for him, his flight out of Nigeria was... Um, at 9 p.m., and that was the day he was going to leave Enugu. So and I said, okay, let's just, and then we used to have four flights from Lagos to, from Enugu to Lagos. So I said, all right, we had another one booked for our afternoon. I said, all right, let's cancel that one and just go for the first flight out of town. So that means you are going to idle in the airport for the whole day. He said, at least that will make her happy. So that's the only one we now considered that, yeah, leave, just to make the woman calm down. But we both agreed that the revelation is pure fear speaking, and we cannot live our lives based on fear, which is why when I get revelations, I don't want anybody to give them some of them to me, because the only result you give me is fear. You don't correct me. You don't rebuke me. You don't make me improve in my work with God. The only thing you are doing is you are trying to scare me. Say, I see death around you. I say, so you that have seen it around me. Did I tell you what I'm seeing around you too? If that death was surrounding the two of us, It's true now. No, you know, you know that's, that's my own. Don't, don't make me fear. Correct me. You know, what I want is, your revelation should let me improve my work with God. Your, your revelation should help me improve. Not come and scare me. I've heard that thing before. As you have I've said, I've heard those kind of things. You think I've not told me something. They've told me before. What did I do? I didn't pray about it. I'm not kidding. I didn't pray about it. Though. I said, if I go and pray about this one now, God will now be punishing me. Because all you did was instigate fear in my life. And I will not walk by it. Leave it. And like I keep saying, everybody will die if Jesus does not come back. Are you aware of that? So you see that around me, you just have a, you, you, see, you can see 100, 100 years ahead. That's all it means. 
What if you tell me, say, Pastor, they lie with the lie too much. I saw a revelation that you were lying too much. <laughs> then I will listen to you. He said, Oh, God, you do like money. Anytime you are preaching, you always tiny to seed. So I dreamt that seed was germinating on your head. <laughs> Then I will take. <laughs> then I will listen to you. The Lord is good. Anyway, so I told my sister that day. I said, "Look, look, 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 look. Let's kill this fear thing. I'm not going to join hands with you and bind any devil. I'm going to say, listen, Satan, if you can take the job, take it.' So she calmed down, and she didn't lose the job. I started sleeping well, and peace came upon her heart. I said, "What God is giving us is what peace." Peace. Peace. That's what God wants to give us first. You know, there's a story I've told many times, same time, when I was in the plane and two prayer warriors were praying against our you know, when a storm. It wasn't really a storm, it was not storm, it was just rain. You know, I said storm. When you say storm, you think that you're playing. Woo, woo, woo. No, there was not a storm, it was just rain. And because it was raining, of course, there's a lot of turbulence. And our plane could not land, and the pilot said we had to go somewhere to go and wait out, wait the rain out, which is not a big deal. Now look, these two people say, why do we Christians just embarrass Jesus like this? Why? You know, you know, it's for prayer of show. Most of those prayers are nothing but prayers of show, because when they were coming down, um, you know, they were they arrested him that time for wearing Biafran, you know, Chiwetelago. He was on that plane. When we were coming down, he brought out his purse. Bring out money. We have our prayer warriors. He was counting money to give them. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's when I realized that was the problem. That everybody else was happy with the, the whole thing. Ah, that day I was so upset. I, 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 was, I was telling Jesus, please, sorry, sorry. Father, we are so sorry. This is, this is annoying. Hey, Koba, this, uh, this plane will not crash. I said, it was not planning to crash. It was designed to fly like this. These pilots are trained to handle. That's why they could make the decision to go somewhere. Don't be stupid. You did not pray before they made their decision. Why are you trying to scale us? So we come against every crash. I said, Christ did not enter anybody's mind until they said it. Now you have scared us with your prayer. They now stood in the shoes. Of Elder John. <laughs> An apostle came with it. Thank God I wore my shoes to Benin. <laughs> Couldn't get my shoes. <laughs> now, where I'm telling the whole story again is that I looked, I said, You want to command peace? You are not at peace. That's what came to my mind. I felt like telling them. I almost called, in fact, I had almost stretched my hand to tap on the one. I said, My sister, that's not how they pray. You are no, you were not at peace. You can't command peace if you are not at peace. You can't give what you don't have. You don't have peace. You are commanding peace. When Jesus commanded peace and said, "Peace, be muzzled," they had to wake him up. I don't know why you're getting my point. Before that, he had so much peace. It made him sleep through the wave and the bouncing. He couldn't wake up. They had to tap him, say, oh, God, don't you care that we perish? What does that tell you? They have first sent somebody. Yes, now. 
I can imagine it was John they sent. No, no, it's not John. I think most like, um, is it Philip? Yeah. Philip, go and wake the Lord up. So Philip went there, respectfully. Sir, boss, boss. Peter said I should call you. What's going on? I think some things are kind of out of place. Korean style. No, Koreans don't know how to shout at their boss. And some Africans are like that too. So I, I think there's a problem outside. Peter would need your assistance. And the boat was going up and down. And you know those kind of junk lover can make you sleep. As I was going up and down, the Lord said, I'm coming. Now I know from scriptures he knows how to say I'm coming. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yes, Lazarus. <laughs> so he went back to sleep. After a while, <laughs> hey, now Peter said, Philip, where is he? Say he's coming. Now he entered. You are coming, you are coming. Don't you care that we perish? That's where I'm going. He was so much at peace. When he came forth, he was able to do what? Command peace. There's one small clip that was flying around on TikTok. Well, I don't do TikTok, but I saw the TikTok video, you know, flying around, okay? But it's a message I've he- I'd heard before, but that was my first time of seeing the visual of it by David Paulson. How a particular uh, plane going from New Zealand to Australia, or, you know, got into this thunderstorm. It was really terrible. Lightning everywhere. Plane was being struck. But of course, the planes are designed to withstand that anyway. But it was really bad. Plane was, the, the turbulence was terrible. So everybody in the plane began, you know, to panic. And the lady just looked beside her and noticed that the person beside her was praying. Not the, not the Hannah kind of prayer. You could see the lips moving and the head was bowed. That's how to pray. So now the person said, I perceive you are a Christian. Say yes. Let us pray together. So two of them joined hands and committed the whole thing into the hands of the Lord. And asked the Lord for safety and all of that. And they paused and relaxed. Nobody in the plane heard their noise. Nobody. They just calmed down. Then one of them just took a camera. And just took it face outside the window. And took a shot of it. Then after she took that picture. The whole thing calmed down. And they landed safely where they were going. And by the time they developed the photograph. They found a picture in the cloud forming a perfect image of what appeared like an angel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the man showed the picture. Genuine picture. Of course, it was formed with clouds. But the image was striking. So as soon as he took that picture, everything just went peaceful. That's how it works. Someone doctor and told the story of how his engine on the plane was caught fire. It was on the plane, one of the engines caught fire. And it was inside it was in, so you could see the engine burning. But at the same time, he looked closer and he saw an angel under the wing carrying the plane. So he leaned back and slept. He literally saw the, he saw physically, opened his eyes and saw, he looked, what's going on there? There's an angel under the wing. And if those angels, they can carry things. Oh, they're very powerful. You know, it's in scripture like that. He is angels, what? Mighty in strength. Who obey his word. So when everybody was panicking, the guy just leaned his seat back. Mm-hmm. Oh, just there humming, feeling sleepy. Finally, they landed peacefully. One thing God gives us is what? 
Peace. You need that peace. You need that peace. There's one, my wife told me the story of one woman, one of my seniors, that she told her about one woman's meeting she went for. The woman was married for years. She didn't have a child yet and all of that. So every time, prayer, 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 prayer. So one day, she told herself, what's all of this noise about praying and all of this, praying about this, praying about that? Is that a bad job? Let me enjoy myself. Basically, let me use my own words. I left, I left everything for the Lord. You know what she would do? And she's going out, she would dress well, do her makeup properly, anoint her face according to the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're laughing at her. She doesn't know what her problem is. She knew that God has taken them. That's how she was in a party one day, like a wedding or something. I know people, she was just feeling very happy, feeling cool with herself. One woman was looking at her. That woman was just looking. After a while, the woman called her. She didn't, they didn't know each other. She has been looking at her since. That she feels that the Lord said should, she should tell her that there's something she wants that he has granted it and she's going to receive it shortly. From that year, the woman was having children every year. That year, she, she would deliver on next year, deliver on down, next year, deliver on down. The children were just dropping, you know, like try and catch them before they hit the ground. True story. Somebody, if I mention the name, many of you here, I would remind me to tell you. She said it openly. Oh, you know the story. Oh, Apostle came to know the story. So it's nothing, I'm not saying anything that's hidden. What I like about it is that the peace was the first thing God gave. Sometimes I will not, when we pray upon to not leave our mouth, it's lack of peace that's showing, that's manifesting. At times you just go and kneel down and say, Lord, I came to worship you and to sleep. I'm telling you, once you finish giving thanks and praise, just leave your, remain on your knees, oh. put your head down there and sleep. Say, Lord, this sleep is a sign of faith. I want to show you that I've committed everything to your hands. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. My sleep comes right now. That, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy That's enough. That's praise and worship. Then lie down there and do what? And sleep. Sleep. It's very important we understand it. Without that peace reign in our hearts, answer to prayer is often delayed longer than necessary. But our faith is crucial that we don't lose it. And one reason why we would not, would not lose the faith is to understand what the Lord is doing. I thought we should open somewhere. Right? I will open to it. Okay, we read the first one. Mark chapter 11. The second one also, uh, I want us to read is Second Peter. Chapter 3. It's our prayer basics. I'm going to explain why prayer may be delayed. And if we're talking about how to receive by faith, what does it mean to receive by faith? It's to know that God heard you the first day. It's to know that even though there is a delay, it's only a process. And that process, you are being changed. Did you hear what I said? Yes, sir. See, when the Lord speaks with finality, Miles Morrow taught us in his days that God does not begin until he has ended. That God will first is like an architect. Many times architects or building companies advertise products. They've not built it up. They will even put they will put motor car in the car park. House they have not built. They put trees there, put flower. Put gate. They can even animate it. You see children, 
running around the compound. They've not built the house. They are architects. They are like God. That's how God is. They will draw the plans layer by layer. They do a 3D rendering, build a model for you, do everything. Then when they are finished and everything is okay, they will now go and do what? Start. They now have site preparation. Setting out. Digging this one. They start doing like that. Meanwhile, they can see everything. It's already on, you know, drawn, ready. They don't start until they finish. Did you catch that? Yeah, that's how Miles Moreau taught us. That they don't start until they finish. There's only one problem. When we see God like that, we just think that when God just shows us the building, we do our current landlord, toy, pack our bag out of the house, pay right now, I'm not paying. Look at what the Lord has prepared for me. Then we run now, pack out of our house. Then you realize that you don't know where the current house is. And you call the Lord. Where is the house? It gives you the address. You get there. You see bush. You see roko tree. You see cassava. And you, I see somebody still harvesting cassava there. And like, Lord, you look in your hand. You see the complete 3D everything. Lord, this is the house you said you gave to me. Lord, say it has not yet been built on the earth. On the earth, it has not been built. Go and ask Moses. I took Moses to the heavens, I showed him a picture of the tabernacle, and I told him, go down to the earth, make sure you build it exactly according to the pattern. God is an architect. And it's the Bible. There are cities whose architect and builder is God. How about God is an architect? Though? If you're an architect, you are doing a God job. Yes, I know you shout. <laughs> I knew you shout. <laughs> God is an architect. I'm telling you. He's an architect. He's first of all an architect. You go and check it in the beginning. The spirit of God was brooding over the surface of the waters. When he spoke, mm, what happened was that as soon as he said, mm, bulldozers moved to sight. They cleared the place. Workmen came, laid all the lines. They began to dig. He came again and said, mm, they laid the block, laid the foundation. Mm, that's how they did it. They were do- that's why he used to come and you know he was he was, he was also an inspector as an architect. You know, you have to inspect the site. Bishop, am I, am I correct? You have to periodically go and look at what they are doing. You have to check. And what are you checking? Are they building according to the pattern? So that's why God uses the Bible says God looked and said it was what? Good. You can't say it's good unless there's a reference. So that's what he used to do. He will look and say, this is good. That's how the Lord is. He has finished before he starts. Now, this is where I'm going. Many times, that finished, initial finishing is what we are told about. A father of many nations, I have made you. That's the architectural drawing. Now, Abraham, you and I will build what I have made. How do we build? Come out of your father's house. Come and walk with me. I hope you're getting my point. And what's God doing in that process? He's changing Abraham up to the level where he'll be able to receive Isaac. So let's get that clear. God does not waste time. He uses that time to accomplish a certain purpose. 
So once we start on a particular direction, God starts building up in that, building us up in that direction. Many times, see, let me say something to you. It's my perfect illustration. That woman, the uh, widow of, uh, no, not the widow of Zarephath, the Shunammite woman. Because if I give you something you can't handle, the thing will die. What do I mean? She did so well to Elisha and his servant. Elisha said, what do we give this woman? She's been so nice. And the servant said, she has no son. Ah, he said, that's our specialty now. Call her. By this time next year, you will embrace a son. What did the woman say? Don't lie to me, man of God. Unbelief. But the power in that word was so heavy, it forced a son into her hands. And the boy died as maybe he was, in, was a little boy in early teens or so. He died. I read that portion of the scripture and it dawned on me that God was saying that, see, I need to build you up. If I did not, this is what would have happened to Isaac. If I had thrown Isaac into Abraham's house by force, he too would have died at this particular point in time. I needed to build up the faith of not only Abraham, but of also Sarah. So, that's what God does with time. So, he said, Abraham, let's build your faith. And like we've said in previous times, he was not just building Abraham's faith to be able to receive Isaac. He was building Abraham's faith to be able to what? Give up Isaac. And that was the most important thing. To build Abraham to be able to build, uh, give up Isaac. We won't talk about in details now how he was doing it, but just let's know that that's what he was doing. So the cause of the delay in the life of Abraham was simply the preparation period to get Abraham ready to be able to receive Isaac. That's all. So why is there delay sometimes? God is preparing us. I said last time about linkage disequilibrium, remember? Sometimes what he's saying is that the very thing you are talk, we are talking about, maybe you can, you, apparently you can receive, but what about the other support structures around? Like I said humorously, but as a matter of fact, because you are preparing for me to give this kind of car, you should have prayed about the house first. This house you are living in, if I bring that car here, you won't sleep again. Because anytime you park it outside, you will be checking whether they have removed the wire, whether they have removed the glass. That's it. Wait, wait, wait. So you pray for a car now, no problem. I have heard you. You don't pray for a house, don't worry. I know. But to be able to fulfill my word about this card, to release it, I have to move you out of here. He won't just jack you up one day. Lando will just kick you out. No, he won't do that. He will start persuading you that this house is not good. Because, you see, some people, sorry, we're all like that, human beings. We're all like that. Hmm? One day, somebody, we're going to pay rent. Years ago, long ago now. My wife was working UB at that time. So I, I sent her a message that I finished negotiating with the agent. This is the money, this is the fee, the agency fees and all of that. At that time, that was a lot of money. <laughs> I look back now. She had to draw, then it was, it looked big. It was 660000 that she had to drop. And there was no all this transfer, transfer thing. So we drew it as cash. So she was in the bank. She was working. So I sent her a message. So he drew the money. And I called her, was like, what is that for? So my husband wants to pay somebody. What? Rent. Ah! So then shouting. How can you give somebody this kind of money? That's right. Why don't you buy your own land? And I was looking at them. What is wrong with all these people? Okay, while I'm buying the land, will I live under the mango tree in the center of the land? <laughs> now, that time the money was big. Old. 
the money was huge by most people's, at least in town, I'm telling you, it's like, yeah, it's more than 20 years ago. Yeah. So you can imagine. You're paying that amount of money, two years rent. It wasn't for one year, it was two years rent. Okay. Yeah, one year was 300,000. They're like, what? About 20 years, about 20 years ago. I'm just a small calculation, about 20 years. So people were shouting and shouting. How long was that? You know, she was even wondering, like, are we doing something bad? She was wondering, like, my husband, are you sure we're okay? I said, I don't mind your colleagues in the office. And it was not even a fantastic house. I had to do a lot of repairs. Better houses were going for much more than that. But, you know, we, everybody around felt that, no. And it was a nice, it was a five-bedroom duplex, you know, very nice area in Independence Layout. So most were living in two-bedroom flat here. So they just were like, hey, how can you pay this kind of money for a house? They say, if I have this kind of money, we'll build our own house. So one day, one of my wife's uh, colleagues built their own house. I went to visit them, and I told my wife, if they, give me house, this, if they give me this house free of charge, I swear, I won't live here. But they were very happy it's their own. I said, no, let me, give, let me, let me live in a house that did not build. It's in scripture like that. You will live in houses you did not build, please. Now, where I'm going with all of this is that, God knows that your mind is like that, and you are praying for this kind of car. Say, where will you park it? With this kind of, ah, I can't pay that kind of mind, money mindset. Say, there's no problem. You know what I'm going to do for you? I'll put your car, park it in one corner of heaven. Then the angels will lead you to go and visit. And you have money. That's why I'm going with all this talk, actually. You have money for a better house. But you just feel, I better keep this money for land. And let me just advise you. This is just off-the-cuff advice. The land you buy when you are poor, is never good. Did you get what I said? You will regret it later. Don't worry about it. And it's a good regret too. God will bless you so much. You look, ask yourself, why did I buy this land? You should be wondering, what was I thinking? <laughs> One of my colleagues said he wanted to rent his house. I said, why are you, why are you not living there? Say the area is not good. But you are the one that built the house. <laughs> See, don't ever be in a hurry. See, can I just beg you? Don't be in a hurry. What did I say? Let God take care of you. Don't, don't be afraid that tomorrow is a hey, price of land is going up. See, you will also go up. Say amen to that. Amen. Say amen again. Amen. Say amen one more time. Amen. Next prayer. You will grow, you will go up faster than, the, than inflation. Amen. Another prayer. Inflation will serve you. Amen. You hear what I said? Inflation will serve you. Amen. See, inflation or no inflation, your blessing is, is commanded. Your name is written on it. Your name is written on it. Your name is written on it. It will come to you in due season. Never make decisions out of fear. Don't. Don't make decisions out of fear. I'm begging you. Don't. Don't. They say, ah, you know, land is this amount of, before you know what's happening, it will go up. See, let's see, things have always been going up in this life. And they keep building new houses every day. Have you not noticed? Let me just say this to you. It's a very simple thing. When I say you'll be surprised, that's all I want to say. It's very profound, but very simple, but yet very profound. The Lord is your helper. That's all I wanted to say. The Lord is your helper. Please don't be afraid. Look, see, when you are reading the news, they say inflation, things are getting costly. (laughs) Just leave it. Now, I'm I'm, I live like that. I lived like that. Hey, the land is going up. I said, I bet you should leave him. 
come and buy it now. Come and buy it now. Don't worry. When it is time, I will have the money. Don't worry about it. Everything has its own season. Everything has its time. When it is its time, you will have finished paying for it. Let's say, wait, oh, I just shared that 150 million there. Now, wow. You just say it in person. I do not have been the prayer point. You know, they are selling your shoe. Selling your sewing machine. Selling everything because you want to buy land. It's not the will of God. We now send you 275 square meters. Then when you finish building the house, your neighbor is cooking. The smoke is showing up in your kitchen. You say, check out. Is it good? And now we enlarge your coast. Amen. We bless you on every side. Amen. We make prosperity abound towards you like a river. Amen. And the wealth of the nations will come to you like an overflowing stream. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Please, I'm just trying to say something here. So sometimes God says, listen, listen. This is what you prayed for. Don't worry. We need to expand you. So tell you, go and visit your friend. You visit one first friend, second friend, third friend. They will now show you how much they are paying where they are living. And realize you actually can't afford it. And the one you were offered last time is half of what these guys are also paying. They now realize that actually I can afford something different from this. Because you know I'm giving you this? Because it's faith. Sometimes I tell my wife that. I said, no, it's not just money to do things. It's the faith to do them. I hope you're getting my point. Now, I've seen that thing. Now, just by the way, let me just use my wife to preach. I'm always telling all her story. That is true. There are times, let's do this one. Maybe I'm the one that says, no, it's not yet. I beg, leave, it's not important. So my wife is managing. Then she just goes to visit somebody. Eh? The beauty will just hit her like this. Bam! Maybe enter somebody's house. Okay, I'll give an example. We'll move to our house that time. Ah, kitchen cabinet, kitchen just, You know, just the money they go. Then one day she went to visit her neighbor. As she enter like this. Next day, now he call, Bishop, he called Nze. Nze, come. I just told my wife only one thing. I said, don't tell me how much more people are spending because it will break my heart. <laughs> when I saw mm-hmm, all the kind they were doing, I said, no, no, I don't. Till today. Till today. I don't know how much money they spent because you guard your heart with all diligence. <laughs> Till today, I have no idea. I refuse to ask. I'll probably ask next year when my faith has been boosted to be able to receive but you know, the thing is fine. The thing is good. But I didn't have the faith. When, I, when they give estimate, like, for what? Are you building BQ or you want to equip a kitchen? But sometimes God boosts your faith eh, in a particular level. You always had the money, but you didn't have what? The faith. Yes, what I'm telling you is a matter of fact. Some people, like, I need to abuse them first for their faith to be boosted. Let's leave that one first. And some people, when I finish abusing them, they have faith. Faith will come upon them. And when I look at their shoe, they say, look at the shoe you are wearing. Are you a organizer? You know, other people carry tire to organizer. You carry shoe to organizer. Is it good? <laughs> the Lord is good. I mean, let me preach my message up. You probably give me just too much. Oh, no, he said, God will now boost your faith. I hope you're getting my point. Then he now does that next thing you move from one house to another. And within four months, the kind of car you were praying for, suddenly God arranges it and you get it. Now, I, I, let me not say how you will get it, but then you get it. And you're like, wow, 
You now start testifying. Say, ah, the same year we moved from here to here. Can you believe it? I did not even know the way the money came. You have been giving testimony. God will say, see, this guy, I, I prepared this is a year and a half ago. But it took me a year and a half to move you out of that, your house, to this one. So you can pack it and still sleep. So this one, like, you close your gate, then you sleep properly. And God said, this is good. Because in peace you will lie down and sleep. For the Lord alone will make you dwell in what? In safety. I needed to be able to achieve that. At the same time as giving you another material thing. Because God does not like to, no. He will not agree to compromise the peace he has given you because of material blessing. That's why I tell you, if you want to do a project, and then every other thing in your life goes in suspension, it's not the will of God. Tell your children, say, Daddy, we need new uh, something. Say, don't you know we are building a house? That they went to school today, they say we have not paid school, you shouldn't come tomorrow. Eh, don't they know we are building a house? Daddy, tomorrow is my birthday. Oh. Ah, how can you be doing birthday when we are building a house? <laughs> Saints of God, shut down that project. What did I say? Shut down. You are not blessed yet enough for it. It's a premature project. It has become the excuse for everything. When pastor is preaching in church, he said that our children's church, we need to expand it and put projector and air conditioning. What are they doing with air conditioner? These children, these are their sports. They are sports. What is air conditioner? Because you have been in the house. You just get will be from. They are preaching. You are not happy. Because when they say that somebody should donate air conditioner, somebody, two people looked at you like this. They say, you can afford it now. You are angry. The children, why can't they use fan? I don't know. These children of these days, they are, they are their sports. When I was young, we didn't even have fan. We used to use our baby. Eh? Of it because you are building the house. You want to know the truth? Shut down the project. It's premature. You want to know the kind of prayers of God? You will give them that AC in church. Say, how many AC's do we need? They say like six. Ah. Okay, let me buy one. Then me and this brother will join to buy the second one. Amen. You call your builder. I will just delay that iron rod thing for like two more weeks, I beg. Our church, we are, build, we are, we are equipping our children's church. Are you getting my point? And then after two weeks, you continue. And your son says, it's my birthday. Go and buy him the fattest cake. And use, in fact, get an architect to help you design the house. Then give it to the picture. You no, know, the picture of your house is to make it for that child. And they said, Dad, what is going on? He said, this is the kind of house you will live in. Oh, then enjoy his birthday. And he says, how can you be changing your shoe when we are building a house? <laughs> the Lord is good. I said, the Lord is good. Oh. What am I going to say? See, sometimes things are delayed simply because God is working a process. It's not because he did not answer. The most important process is working, actually, really, is faith. It's building up our faith. Sometimes you have desires that are ahead of your ability spiritually. Abraham came to God, what do you give me? See that I go childless. He had desires. And God said, don't worry about it. Your, ch- your wife is going to bear you a son. But for many years after, she did not. Why? Her faith, his faith, were still being developed. But God had heard. And it was building them up in different areas. I want you to understand that I'm Jehovah Jireh. I supply. I want you to understand that I'm Jehovah, your defender. I want you to understand that I'm Jehovah this, I'm the Lord this, I'm the Lord this, I'm El Shaddai, I'm all of that. When they had understood all of this, it became easy for Abraham, despite the dangers, to see people, uh, um, strangers passing and bring them into his abode. Come and stay with me. And those were the angels that God said, go and deliver the blessing I have for Abraham. And they prophesied that by this time next year, 
the wife will embrace the son. I hope you've gotten my point. But in the midst of every other thing, of all these things, don't ever let go of faith. Continually build your life on God's word. Knowing one thing for sure. Let's just read this particular scripture and now I'll finish with it. Knowing one thing for sure, that the promise of God does not fail. Second Peter chapter 3. I said we should open to it earlier actually. From verse 3. That in the last days, mockers will come with their mocking, following their, after their own loss, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? Now they are mocking, like I said, the Lord is coming. Where, where has he not come? Now jump to verse 8. He said, do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord, one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. He said, the Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness. Notice that emphasis, as some count slowness. But the Lord is patient toward you, he says, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Now notice what he said here. A day with the Lord is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. Basically, it wasn't saying be switching to do calculation. People do calculation sometimes that because... Uh, Jesus said this and that, and it means a thousand years. God made the earth in six days. He meant a thousand years each day. So it's six thousand years. That's not what it means. What it means is simple. With the Lord, what should have taken a day can take a thousand years. In the same manner, it can take 600 days or 600 years. It can take one year. I hope you're getting my point. I mean, take what did God say to Israel? 40 days you went to spy. I will make one day a year for you. What did make it a thousand years? A day will be a year. So it can be anything. And you say God is not stuck on chronology as we are stuck on it. That's what he was saying. I just came back from my convention in Benin. The title of the, uh, the theme was um, Come Lord Jesus. And Dr. Fagwe made priests a message that I think if you love deep things of God, you should listen to that message. Two sessions, all right, of teaching. And he said something very profound. He said the father did not even set a date. You know his proof? He said if he did, Jesus will know it. So when he said the son of man does not know, he said you know what it means? The father has not set it. The angels do not know, not even the son of man. He said no, I mean the father didn't set the date. Otherwise, ah, how did the son not know? <laughs> very profound. And I understood what he was saying. But listen to this. What it means is that, see, God does not deal in days and time you know, hours, the way we we do. He deals in seasons and fulfillment of the purpose for each season within an allotted, let me use the word, I don't want to say period of time, but range of time. I hope you're getting my point. Yeah, so, there are things you can do in five days. The Lord said this should take between, humanly speaking, five days and 50 years. You have a very wide range. Because it takes time for him to give up on people. That's why it's slow to anger. Now what it means is that if he says, do this in five days, what he's saying is that you should be able to accomplish it if you put all the necessary effort, discipline into it within five days. But then, to the next level, we wait until they finish the duty of five days. If you like, stretch it to 15 years, it's your problem. So a day can become a thousand years. A thousand years can become one day. What matters is how quickly did people come to what? 
repentance. Did you, did you get that? The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but he's patient, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. So if all comes to repentance in two weeks, what you thought would take a thousand days will be two weeks. If all comes to repentance in 2,000 years, what we thought should be two weeks will take 2,000 years. Now, the slowness, why it took 2,000 years, is not the Lord. Why did it take 2,000 years? Slowness to repentance. We said the first thing prayer does for us is what? Changes. So until you are changed, the answer is not coming. So once you have asked the Lord for something, stop harassing him, start harassing yourself. Do you get my point? And every time we pray about anything, and we are meditating, see, there's no option. As you are meditating on scripture, the Lord will be opening your heart to see the areas in which you need change. I hope you're getting my point. Listen, it's as we change spiritually, in our souls, in our hearts. That's how we open ourselves to be able to receive what the Lord wants to give. What the Lord has given, that's how we'll be able to receive it. I hope you're getting my point. It's so crucial. I don't have time to be giving examples. Sometimes God wants to just know. Let me give an example. Purpose. Hannah's story is a story of purpose. I learned Hannah's story when one preacher, when I was a house officer, I'm talking about 1992, came to our church and explained that God needed to connect Hannah with a particular destiny, with a particular purpose in Israel. And the day she stumbled into it through many methods, that was when Eli gave her the prophetic word of God. I hope you're getting my point here. Yes, it's very, very important we understand it. So, whatever, look, so, instead of saying, God, answer me, God said, look, I answered you day one. The first day you brought up this matter, I answered you. The angel is on the way. Now, have you ever asked yourself, what gave the angel, this, um, the prince of Persia, the power to withstand that angel? God sent an angel. And now, have you ever asked yourself, why it took three weeks for Michael to come? Was he busy somewhere else? So that's when the Lord sent him. Have you asked yourself, why did it take the Lord three weeks to send Michael? You want to know the truth? The adjustment was not made in the heavens. The adjustment was made on the earth. Don't have time to go deeper into that. The adjustment was not made in the heavens. The adjustment was made on the earth. Now, what kind of adjustment I can't give you for sure. But I know a range of adjustment that was possible. One, one may have been the change in some things that Daniel was saying. The Spirit of God will have had to tell Daniel, you need to pray differently. That's one. Another one could be, because Michael, he said, is the prince of your people. I hope you're getting my point. You're not catching me. He's the prince of who? The people of Israel, right? So maybe God had to mobilize more Israelites to join Daniel in prayer. Not because he needs more people shouting, but because he needs more Israelites desirous of certain things. I'm saying maybe. But don't think that God just stood there and was eating. And he was eating. Then after, he where's the angel I sent? He says, sir, we didn't want to disturb your meal. He has not been able to reach Daniel. Why? 
there's one there's one one very wicked spirit called the Prince of Persia. He stood, Oh God, that spirit will know who I am as God. Call me Michael. Go and free that. They don't do like that in heaven. They don't. Before he left, God, this one won't get there. But go there and be fighting. Then when things were accomplished, then he sent Michael. And as soon as he did, Michael freed the angel to go. Spiritual warfare is not the way it is. It's not dodging, dodging. No. Please, I hope you're getting my point. My emphasis is that the adjustment was made on the earth for that angel to be able to break through. In the same manner, for you to be able to receive that which God has granted, the adjustment will be made in your life. So while waiting for God to fulfill that promise, you start praying, that which I know not, teach thou of me. And that is the process of waiting for God. That's how you receive by faith. Meanwhile, you continue to declare, I have asked the Lord, he heard me, and he has answered, and I am receiving. The process has started. Do you get my point? That don't no need to insult your landlord and pack out of the house. Pay him the next rent. I hope you're getting my point. But that model in your hand, know that this is where I'm moving to. This is where I'm moving to. God is working. Very soon I'll be out of here and I'm going here. But by faith, I pay this current rent. By faith, I wait while the, construct, the contractors finish the work that God has given them. Sometimes building this house can take a number of years depending on the accomplishments that I'm you know, accomplishing. But you, you understand I'm using that, right? You understand I'm using it. But it doesn't mean that I say that, ah, I packed out of this house to have the new house. God has given me heaven, I know. But for it to manifest on the earth, there are processes that are taking place in my life. And only when that process is fully accomplished, would that thing become manifested physically. I hope you've gotten my point. Yes. Let's give the Lord thanks. Say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for instruction. Let us say, Lord, thank you for instruction. Thank you for instruction. Thank you for instruction. So important. Say, Lord, thank you for instruction. Now, I want you to take a minute. Just give the Lord thanks. Maybe you pray the Lord to the Lord for something. Say, Lord, thank you. Because I know it's working. Life is working in me. 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 Lord, it's working. In my health, it is working. In my finances, it is working. In my provisions, it is working. Life is working. Lord, you are working. You are working. Lord, I ask you that which I do not see. Teach thou me. Teach me that, that which I don't understand. So that I will not be an obstruction to what you are doing. Teach me that which I do not understand. So I will not continue to be an obstruction. Lord, that which I do not understand, teach to me. So that I can repent as necessary. In the name of Jesus. So I can repent as necessary. So I can be changed as necessary. 